Hi, I'm Jean Godfrey-June, and this is Megan O'Neill. We are the beauty editors at Goop. And you're listening to Goop's podcast series, The Beauty Closet, where we talk about all things beauty, clean, non-toxic beauty, skincare, hair care, body care, self-care, and the way we think about beauty both as individuals and in the wider culture. And our guest today is a legend in the beauty industry. You could even say she's the woman behind French girl beauty. She's also kind of the ultimate French girl herself. She is truly the ultimate French girl. (laughs) We're about to talk about someone with the most uncompromising, exquisite taste, and she's applied it to the beauty world for her entire career. She's invented two beautiful brands, and she's influenced just about every beauty company and product that exists today. I've known Sylvie Shantakai since I've been a beauty editor, and today she's the founder and CEO of Shantakai, which we sell on Goop and we cannot get enough of. She's known as the foundation whisperer. Her goal is always to make you look like you've got great skin, breezy and rested and full-on French girl. It's like the best no-makeup makeup on the planet. She's just a genius, and I can't wait to get to her story, but before we do... We want to first tell you about a cult favorite deodorant from our friends at Schmitz who are making this podcast possible. So Sylvie's story is so cool. Back in the 70s, she moved to New York City from France to create a beauty line with Diane von Furstenberg. God, how glamorous. Then she went to work at Estee Lauder to create her own line which turned out to be the wildly successful Prescriptives, which was monumental among other reasons because it offered 125 shades of foundation. I remember Prescriptives being the biggest deal when I was growing up. Oh my God, it was. It was so modern. It was so groundbreaking at the time in so many ways. She included all skin tones. She wanted your skin to look like skin instead of makeup. She understood that women wanted that feeling of a healthy glow. She made all these magical translucent potions that were really the first glow enhancers, the first blur creams, all of that. And at 53, Sylvie went out on her own and launched Shantikai. And she took that idea of great skin even further. And the exquisite packaging, the delicate textures, everything is so beautiful in Shantikai. I know. The rose face oil, it's heaven. And her foundations are just perfection on skin. Your skin looks amazing, full stop. She's definitely the foundation whisperer. And even her makeup remover is it's made with roses and it's just the most glamorous thing ever. It's sort of mm. like micellar water that gently takes your makeup off while also nourishing your skin. It's so good. A big part of who Shantikai is is clean. And another enormous part of her business is her devotion to conservation. She loves animals and environments and she works constantly to help clean up the oceans, save bees, tigers, elephants. She puts her money where her mouth is. She does. I also think it's so interesting when a family runs a business. Sylvie's a mom of three kids, and all of them, as well as her husband, work at Shantikai. If I worked with my mom, brother, or husband, I think we'd rip each other's heads off, even though we're close. <laughs> it's just, it's so impressive. And and it's so insightful what she says about her family work dynamic, and, and really beautiful, too. I agree. And that that and taking the leap to start her own business and then getting to see it blossom into this gorgeous thing, to get there, it just takes so much confidence. I, I've known her for so long, and yet she always surprises me. I learned so much from this one. Okay, let's get to Sylvie. So- 
Sylvie, I feel like I've interviewed you so many times over the years, <laughs> and I still have so many questions. That's good. It's like a good marriage, you know. Definitely. You hope you still have something to talk to each other. Really true. This is crazy that I don't know this, but why and how did you get started in beauty? I know you came to New York in the 70s to start a beauty line with Jan von Furstenberg, but what no, got you no, 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 no. I got it wrong. No, no. That's okay. not, I didn't come to do this. Uh, I came, I came really to, to, I came with my husband. We just mm -hmm. came to run away from our family <laughs> and be in New York for a year. And I was pregnant with Olivia, as you know. Mm -hmm. And at that, when I had Olivia, I was uh, talking at night with Jan and she was saying, why don't you come and work with me? And I said, oh, you know, I wasn't crazy about our dresses. And I said, <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> that was my thing. And I said, but you know, why don't we do something else? She said, what do you want to do? I said, what about a cosmetic company? That'd be so fun. <gasps> she said, I love it. Why don't we do it? So, Whoa. you know. We're basically talking to each other in our bathtub at night on the phone, you know. And <laughs> I said, uh, okay, I'll figure it out. So I got a yellow page and I looked at um, something called uh, laboratories and something called uh, glass and something called plastic packaging. And I, Whoa. you know, search. I love to research. That's one of my pet things. So I researched and I figured out and uh, put a line together. And, and we, it was fun. It was really fun. Oh my God. And you had huge success, right? You had a store, you, really had, you did so Tatiana. So, yes. Yes. The first thing I did, we did Tatiana. So Tatiana was really good at the time because there was not much fragrance like that. It was fun and sexy and young and it was yeah. really good. And so we did this and uh, the store, we opened, Diana was great because she said, let's take a store. And we invest in a little store that was, uh, on Madison, right across the house that I lived in, on oh. 60, 63rd and Madison, no, 63rd and 62nd, something like that, Madison. Oh, and, nice. uh, and we did this really, and Diane had this decorator that were doing his, her apartment, and they did the store, and they did like a little Guerlain boutique, it was so chic. Oh, so yeah. that was adorable. It was really fun. And um, and we opened the store. And at the same time, we started, you know, this. Jan obviously knew all the retailers because she was selling her dresses in all the retailers. Yeah. So they asked us to sell the line. And I remember we did 23 cities in 27 days. Whoa. Like we, yeah. We like just went around the country. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like going, like going on the junket to go public. It was yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So we really went all around. It was, it was insane. But it was sort of fun. It was insane. And so that got the line going. And at the same time, we were, you know, four years into it and the lauder kept snooping around and <laughs> sent people and being very nice. And, this is uh, Estee Lauder for people who yeah, don't know this. In the family. They got word and, at the store. Yeah, exactly. And uh, we had someone in Coven. You may remember Jean. Do you remember Joe Gubernick? I remember the name. I think I never yeah, met. So anyway, so... Um, he knew me, obviously he was working there, and he said, you know, they would like to talk to you and everything. everything. And at that time, we were thinking of selling the company. Janus wanted to sell it too, and so mm. we did. And then they asked me to come in, and they asked me to come to create a line because I think they were looking for people that were really entrepreneurs. And they were not just, you know, one narrow thing. Not yeah, just faculty, not just, not just following. You know, could see the thing. They were creators. And so that's how 
that's how I started. That's how I started prescriptive. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And how how did you get the idea though for what prescriptives was and you know what it became? Well, it was really interesting because Leonard asked me to do skincare line. Mm. And at that time, you may or may not remember because you may be too young to remember this thing. <laughs> but Erno Laszlo was the big deal at Saks. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. <laughs> and Erno Laszlo used to annoy him to do <laughs> <laughs> So he said, what do you do to create something instead? <laughs> so I did that. And then at the same time, I said, you know, Leonard, I'm really good at color. I mean, I'm really, really good at color. And I wasn't saying, you know, cosmetic, because I'm not really experienced in cosmetic, but I have a sense for color very strongly. So I said, why don't you let me do color? He said, well, Estee Lauder is a big color line. I don't want to put what's in my right pocket into my left pocket. So I said, (laughs) okay, what if I invent something that you don't have? He said, okay, all right, show me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I started, I thought, you know, I racked my brain. I thought blue eye, blonde hair, blue eye, black hair. And I was thinking, oh, God, God, God. And I always remember that day. I went, at that time, we used to go to the bank to deposit our checks, you know. Yeah. And there was a bank that was around the corner on uh, Madison and 60, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was queuing in a line. And I looked at this women, because I'm always looking at people. Which is very rude, but I like it. And <laughs> I was looking and I saw these faces and I saw these women had the same color skin and they had very different hair. And I thought, it's not the hair, it's not the eyes, it's the skin. It's all about the skin. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, you can drive color by the color of your skin. That's how you figure out what looks good on you. Because both mm-hmm. of them. You know, they both had red lips and they looked good in it and they didn't look at all the same, if you really right. think of it. But they had the same skin. And I thought, so I came back like, you know, Eureka, I got it. And then I thought, how do I do this? And, you know, it's good to be in a corporation that has more people than being alone in your office. So I asked a lot of people to come by my office. And I must have looked at 100 people. And I looked at their skin and I started kind of creating foundation, you know, playing with colors and looking at things that would be looking good on them. Mm-hmm. And then I realized there were major, like a major role. You know, there were people organized. And because of my artistic background, I knew what a color wheel was. And I thought, how do I really use the color wheel for this? Mm-hmm. And so I went back and figured out that they were undertone in all those people. So they would add either blue undertone, you know. I mean, you think... I mean, I'm going to give you some very, very classic thing, but I was thinking, think of the girls, and there were two or three in my office at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, typical, beautiful Jewish girl with black hair, mm-hmm. pale skin. They look really good in plum, right? Mm-hmm. All the blue colors look good on her. They don't look good in orange. They don't look good in peach. They look good in a pink to blue category. Yeah. So I thought that's interesting. So what do they have under their skin? Well, it's blue-red. It is a bluish tint. And then you can take this all the way up, all the way dark. You can go all the way to very, very black skin with bluish tint. Mm-hmm. And then I thought the same thing. I'm a peach girl. I've got, you know, I got peach skin. Mm-hmm. So that also happened all the way black, you know. And so I realized that there was a very, very strong tendency in undertones. And I could create foundation according to those undertones. So that was the big horror. And then it was how do you 
match this? And how do you figure it? And how do you do that? And then it was just laying shades on your face with different undertones, which are about the right level. But also so huge was that Prescriptives offered 125 different shades of foundation. Well, That's so many. It's so many. And actually, we also... Uh, custom blend, if you remember. Yes. Oh, and my the God, reason I for that. Yeah. Oh my God, it was so glamorous. <laughs> oh, they do it there? That's they so would, they yeah, would mix totally, it up. It totally. looked almost like people chopping up cocaine, like they'd be like mixing up the powders. <laughs> and it was, like, <laughs> it it was, was so it glamorous. Was, it was kind of fun. Oh my God. What did we, the reason for that is at the time, the pigments were very heavy. Okay. Mm. Because the pigments were so heavy, whatever you put on your face was quite opaque. So you really had to match it. Otherwise, you looked like a clown. And you really had to look good. And you remember at that time, there was a lot of Elizabeth Arden and all those. They were all pink. Very you know, all much. All those colors were pink. Mm-hmm. So these poor women looked really wrong in those colors, you know? Yeah. So once you had the right color, it really worked. So move forward. 20 years later, mm-hmm. I'm working on my online and I'm thinking, I, <laughs> there's another way to do this. I get completely amazing new pigments. I go to yeah. Japan, I get the most advanced pigments and they are not opaque. And with a few shades, I can cover 30 people. I can cover 50 people. Right. You know, with 12 shades, I can cover the whole world. Right. So it's a question of pigments. And that was the problem we had, you know, at that time, they were thick, they were heavy. But, but you were still, exist. you were still so ahead of your time having that many shades. And, you know, the fact that brands only now are waking up to the fact that there are darker skin tones, you know, well, it was also very unpolitical at the time. You know, nobody wanted to hear about it. I was the one, I don't know if you remember, I did something called All Skins. Mm-hmm. And All Skins was, I remember because I did it during the riot in California and we had a sales wow. meeting in San Francisco and we could hear the drum going down oh, oh, wow. in San Francisco with the riots. It was so cool. And I was presenting at a sales meeting there and I was presenting all skin. It was the most amazing experience. It was so right on. It was crazy. So, Maybe Kamala Harris with, was there with her parents. It's fun because it's always fun to be ahead or with the time. You know, it's really fun. But I can't tell you, I had a few eyebrows in the company that I won't tell you who, who said, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Whoa. Well, the other thing that for me, when I think of prescriptives and it was your focus on skin and it changed the beauty industry. I mean, every highlighter, glow, luminizer, <laughs> imperfection yeah. blur owes its existence to you, doesn't it? I mean, uh, you yeah. changed you changed the idea that makeup was this mask. And part of it is what you're saying exactly. about pigments, but you also brought in these translucent textures and glow, just that idea that women wanted to have this healthy glow. How did you come to that? Well, that comes from my French background. You know, mm. in France, you're not supposed to wear makeup. <laughs> if you do, it should show. Mm-hmm. And um, otherwise, your father puts you out or you know, get uh, kicked <laughs> out of school and everything. Like so you really learn very well how to hide everything in a very discreet way. Discreet, and because yeah. of that, when I first came to New York, I was, these women are nuts. What are they wearing? You know? <laughs> <laughs> like the pink foundation. I know. It was just, I know, the full slashes, the full snails, and the pink foundation. It was like, and the hairdo. I was like, oh, my God. So 
I had that training in me, you know, plus the artistic side in me could see the beauty in them. They didn't need all that crap. So I thought, let's give them something they need. You know, let's, let's make them beautiful. Plus, at that time, I was, you know, the generation that came at, you know, I was 28 at that time. So that really? generation was really the generation that burned their bra, that went to college and, you know, didn't want to mm-hmm. wear makeup. I mean, they were the, the contrary of their mother. So, and then suddenly they were coming out of school and they needed to get a job. They had to be a lawyer in a firm, you know, they had to yeah. get a job. So they had to look decent, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> yeah. or what was considered decent. So they, they got into prescriptive right away. They, they saw, oh, this is for us. Yeah. Right. You know, so that was a good thing. Okay. So then fast forward to leaving it all behind at age 53 and you starting your own line, Shantakai. And you've taken that idea of just amazing looking skin even further. All all of your products have the silkiest textures, but but your foundations, there's just, they're incredible. There's nothing like them. What goes into making a great foundation? It's like food. You start by the greatest ingredients. Mm -hmm. You start, you drive it, you know, you start by the ingredients and then you add vision and taste. It's exactly the same thing as food. (laughs) Cool. No, really. It has to be, you have to understand, you have to, I mean, it's something I know really, really, really well, honestly, you know, something I know really, really well. Mm-hmm. So when I went to do my own, I could just go, I went to Japan and I went to a really amazing lab and I said, can we do this? Can we do that? How do we do this? And I love the Japanese. I happen to get along really well with them. Mm. They are extremely precise. And they're also very nice. And they like the <laughs> French. And when you get along with the Japanese, you never have to sign a paper. It's all a handshake. It's really, really good. Cool. So I have worked really well with them. And I've really enjoyed the relationship a lot. And you can create. And they get it. And they also respect it. And they they enjoy working with somebody who's good. You know, we all, you know, it's yeah. like everything. You like to work. If you play tennis, you want to play with a good player. You know, it's yeah. Good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, there's that devotion to. to craft that I do see. Yes, you know, exactly. I, exactly. It's, it's, it's a passion. Yeah. And it's very different. You know, it's interesting because, you know, we're all watching all these new lines coming out in five seconds mm-hmm. and selling themselves for quite a lot of money and you say where are they going to be in two years you know and really sometimes it's just because it's an incredibly fast id which is not necessarily a bad idea it could be a very good idea but there's no legs onto it so it doesn't have long longevity you know right it's um it's, I mean, it's sure. a different thing I, i'm not trying to knock it out it's just no it's a different thing did you did you always sort of have a feeling that you would eventually branch out on your own what did you want to do sort well, of i your- didn't that's the funniest thing i didn't and i remember ronald Lauder saying to me you know you're gonna have your own company right you know that oh wow and, and he said that to me like the first week i think oh my god wow. <laughs> and i thought what 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 are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> and you know and after that you know i had three kids you know you know where it's private school the whole thing yeah it just happened really almost by accident, almost by accident. Mm. It was not a plan from day one, let's put it that way. Okay. And and also you don't you don't use the roster of harmful chemicals that go into conventional well, no, no, cosmetics. No. I mean, we were the first clean line on the market. Right, know? right. How well, did you come to I, that? What's your well, position? 
I'm a nut on health. That's the okay. other thing. Is I believe also I had been sick, you know, just before I started the company, I had Lyme disease really, really badly, really oh. badly, over and over again. Uh-huh. I was full of intravenous antibiotic. I mean, I was really not a happy girl. And I needed to heal myself. So I did it with aromatherapy, Japanese, Chinese, Qigong. I mean, you name it, I did it. Wow. And I learned a great deal along the road. Plus, my mother was always into health, and we always um, made a lot of things at home. And we had a large garden in the country, which we'd go on weekends, and she had a couple working there. She'd make everything. You know, we made all the jams. Mm-hmm. We made all the- okay. So I was into that, you know, was and herbs, lots of herbs and, and flowers. I love flowers. So I'm, mm-hmm. a, I'm a gardener, so I'm obsessed with flowers. Incredible right. gardener. <laughs> So what I really like to do was to try to bring this health and this freshness, you know, into product. When we started the skincare line, all pure, and I spent quite a bit of time in the south of France looking at the herb growing and wondering, you know, how do we do this? And I I worked with an incredible woman who's dead today, who's a, oh. a doctoress, incredible. And she had uh, created La Prairie with Nihans. Oh. And she said, to, she said one day to someone that was asking her, say, how did you do with Sylvie? She said, well, when Nihans came, he brought me a bloody mess. And when oh. Sylvie came, she brought me flowers. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> so we worked with the flowers from day one, you know. Okay. I thought, and then we learned a lot about, you know, using the flower wax to bring the essential oil. I was very, very uh, obsessed with not having chemicals because I had seen, even in prescriptive, we had tons of problems with too much preservative. You know, the old-fashioned way of making product requested, required a lot of preservative. Right. And I didn't want that. So I wanted something that was really pure. Okay. And I also felt strongly, having been sick myself, that if I was going to do something, and if there was a point to me doing something, it should be good for women. It should not be something that would in any way, shape, or form create irritation, tax them, you know, weaken them. Because mm. I felt really strong about the immune system needing to be, you know, we're all tired and we won't work too much. We'll have <laughs> kids and jobs and husbands in house or, or no husband in house or whatever. <laughs> and, you know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So you need, you need support. And I thought if we're going to spend some money and sometimes a lot of money on product, it should be good for you. It really should be good for you. And, and you also don't use silicones and you've said no, formulating with them is like cheating. What, what does that mean? And why do because your products not have them? Because you don't need to. Silicon is a cheap way out. Mm. It's really a cheap way out. You can create a very cheap product, put it silicon, and you say, oh, it feels so good. Well, it doesn't feel so good. It just, it just slips like silicon. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you've got a great product that's really well made with the right kind of oil and the right kind of really good wax and the right kind of all the things we're putting today, you, you can create that gorgeous slip. And it's not that artificial slip. That's the thing. How did you, going from, you know, conventional beauty industry, conventional preservative systems, all those things, going to these pure ingredients, did it take a long time to educate yourself about them? How did you, you know, I think of like, you know, the Rose de Mai and finding that yeah. incredible French rose yeah. extract, you know, that like, how do you find those things? And how did that well, I, I'm basically somebody who research all the time. 
I, I like to study. I study mm-hmm. a lot. I like to read a lot. I like to figure things out. And I have a nose and I have a garden angel. The combination <laughs> takes me to places. <laughs> That's how we discovered the, the field of Rosa May. We actually discovered driving around looking for something. Wait, really? So, yeah, You were totally. driving around and you smelled yeah, something? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. No way. Yeah. It totally. smells that amazing? <laughs> it's amazing. In the wild. And we're driving around with Olivia. We're in the south of France driving around. And actually, I was looking for jasmine. Someone said, you know, there's a, there's a field where they cultivate. You should go down there, take that little road, turn left, turn right, you know. So mm-hmm. we're completely lost. And then we find this field. And I'm like, God, look at this. Oh. And you know, the rose de May is different from the regular rose because it's small on a big bush. And mm. it's uh, it doesn't look like normal roses in any way. It doesn't look like normal rose bush either. Mm-hmm. And then we saw these women with kind of a Moroccan looking outfit uh, harvesting. And I thought, oh my God, they're harvesting this in those baskets. That's so cool. So we stopped and <laughs> talked to the farmer. And that's how we got into the rose de May. Yeah. Oh, I love that oil. I mean, I love that whole line, but the yeah. oil, especially just like sends it's me. Not, it's so good. good. Yeah. Good, mm-hmm. yeah. And you touched on, on your being French before, but, but just to go back, like your Chantecaille is kind of the ultimate French girl beauty brand. And we talk about that <laughs> a lot at Goop, that laid back, mm-hmm. glowy skin, no makeup, makeup aesthetic mm-hmm. that works for every skin tone and type. So mm-hmm. do you think your vision for developing your products was super influenced by growing up in definitely absolutely well you know it forms your taste i mean if you Mm -hmm. live through being 15 16 17 18 you know i mean as a child but then being you know an adolescent and trying to figure out about beauty by yourself and starting makeup and all this you're obviously very intrigued by what's going on around you Definitely. And you also see what's not good and what could be more interesting. And mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you're always looking for things and you find things. The French is enormously embedded in my taste, clearly. Ah. That is some taste. Family is so important to you. And you have such a close, beautiful family and you all work together. You're the president CEO. Your daughter, Olivia, is the creative director. Your daughter, Alex, who I got to work with at Elle back yeah. in the day. She was a kid. Yeah. Oh, she was so great. She was like, you knew she was going to be something then, you know? Yeah. Your son, Philippe, is the director of media production, and your husband, Olivier, is CFO. So did your family want to be part of the business, or did you have to persuade them? Like, how did that evolve? (laughs) They had no choice. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's it's two things. One is I worked a lot, you know, all along. So my kids said, we want to hang out with mom. We didn't get to see her as much as we wanted when we were little. Mm. So... Basically, they decide that hanging out with me meant working with me. And I think they kind of like that. Oh, that's um, fantastic. That is a dream. It is, yeah. <laughs> Mine are just both out of the house now. And I'm like, oh, uh, love that. <laughs> love that moment, too. Right? Yeah. Well, they went away. You know, they went to college. Mm-hmm. They went away. Alex had a really good job. And she was going to do another job. And then she was... A friend of mine said, Alex, do you realize that she was supposed to get a really good job? She was supposed to be head of PR for Gucci or something like that. She was offered. Oh, and, not surprised. Yeah. And the friend said to her, Alex, you realize if you go in your family company, you have a really important role there. You're just going to have a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she figured it out. And she came. And I'm very grateful for that. And Philippe, he was uh, always, you know, he was an artist. He was also, he was curating and buying art since he was like 15. So he was really interested in art. Mm. And I thought, 
why don't you start taking photos? So we were lucky that Alex actually had a very good friend who ran the studio of um, Annie Levowitz and mm-hmm. Philippe went to work for Annie. Oh. So he learned a few things. You know? Yeah, <laughs> a few wow. things, I bet. <laughs> so I really want to have my family around. Oh. My deepest desire was to have a tribe. Mm. I really want a tribe. Oh, I love and, that. Uh, so if you have something that interests and you find roles for people that are good for them and you're not trying to put them in a role, you're just trying to see how they develop their own abilities and their own qualities, then it can work, you know? Yeah. Well, what's the dynamic like though? Like how do you diffuse friction or maybe you like friction as part of the creative no, process? No, there's not much friction because everyone's very different huh. and they each have very different roles. I mean, there might be once in a while saying, well, this one left a early or this one didn't do this. <laughs> but there's really not much uh, honesty. Everyone's the greatest respect for each other because we all work really hard. Wow. So it's, uh, it's really good. The, the difficult thing is not only do we work together, but we spend a lot of time together. We yeah. vacation together. We go to Africa together. We do a lot of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that with my family. <laughs> spend uh, well, that much time. I... That's impressive. It all depends. You know, they're your friends. Yeah. Let's take a quick break and then we'll get right back to Sylvie Shantakai. Okay, let's get back to our chat with Sylvie Shantakai. This is a slightly different thing, but it's a. I always want to ask you this. You were talking about taste earlier. I remember meeting you the first time at the fashion shows in Paris, and you were taking Erin, I think, Lauder around to look at the shows. You know, it was, she was she was young at the time, uh-huh. and you were always there looking at the fabric and the clothes. And how are you? influenced by fashion, like fabric, interiors, gardens, you dress so beautifully with beautiful homes and gardens. How do you translate fashion and style into beauty products? Like, I feel like you take something and put it into, you know, Shantakai. I think, you know, I think you do that automatically because, you know, you look at things and that influences you. You look at and you feel, you know, it's like you ask creators, why are you all creating this this year? And they say, I don't know, it came down in the air, you know, we're all doing it. <laughs> so it's a little bit that too, you know. And um, Olivia is really good at that too. You know, she's really good at she's looking amazing. at fashion and things and and getting it. So this interesting conversation we have together. I mean, I dragged her to Europe since she was like twelve. You know. Oh, so and cool. She went to the lab with me because she was playing with lipsticks and doing crayons while I was doing products. That's the thing with you know spring break for kids. You know you're working. You can't take spring break. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <it's> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> As you know well. You know? Yes, I do. So, <laughs> so I would drag Olivia, then I would drag Alex. <laughs> They've all had great experience working in different factories with me. That's yeah. fantastic, though. I mean, it's amazing how it turns out. You know, it turns yeah. into this beautiful family company. It's incredible. I think we're lucky. That's what I'm saying. I think we're lucky that we have a a good group together that we like each other so much and that we trust each other. You know, when you work in the corporation, it's nice to know you can trust people that work with you. Yeah, it's true. You're like, this one wasn't trying to get me fired. Yeah, yeah exactly. Your family, yeah. <laughs> better that feels that not as many that, here. That's no small point. <laughs> How did your... I, 
your identity and activism around conservation evolve. You've you've <laughs> done so much for the ocean, for endangered animals. How did you make it a priority for yourself and then for your company? Well, when you, something you love, you find a way mm-hmm. to do it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know it was going to work. I did the butterfly the first thing. Mm-hmm. And which is interesting, it's full circle. We're doing butterfly again next ah. season. So I thought, interestingly, you know, people, I, I have to do something beautiful. This is where beauty comes in. Mm-hmm. You have to create something really beautiful so people ask questions. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah. First of all, they're going to look at it and they're going to want to buy it because it looks really beautiful. And then they also say, so what is this about? And then you can tell a story. So to me, the ability that we suddenly discover we had by creating something beautiful to create a conversation was powerful. And that meant that I could actually really use my company for the things I love and that are important to me. And we started with butterflies, then we went to corals, and we talked, you know, we talked about the ocean, we talked about overfishing, we talked about shark finning, we talked about really, you know, everything. Everything. And and then we went into lions, and then I started spending a lot of time in Kenya, in Africa in general, and then we started doing all the animals. We did a big thing. Now we have pangolin. You know, before, it's so interesting. Good. Nobody knew what pangolin was mm-hmm. until COVID. Now everybody knows what Everybody knows. <laughs> but poor little pangolin was the most traded animal, the saddest little thing. It's so cute. Oh, it is it's so cute. It's a little cute. mammal. It's adorable. Yeah. And it's so sweet. And it's just killed, 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 killed everywhere. Oh. Just awful. Oh. What happened to us is as we start doing this and realized we could do something, we create more and more beautiful you know, product, I think, with them, with, and also use really good looking compact. So people could ask what it is. And yeah. we got to meet a lot of fantastic people. You know, we meet people that are giving their life. The woman that does the pangolin, she's incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. she's incredible. She rescued all those pangolins and she really rehabilitated them. And she has these amazing men that work that have pangolin father. It's incredible. Ooh. I don't know if you saw this picture. We got this photographer that called Adrian Stein. who was in South Africa. He's done this incredible story on the pangolin men. And oh. they're beautiful photos. They, you know, we did a show in London showing all of the uh, best photos of the animals that we protect mm. when we launched our app. So the app, we, so we have the pangolin, we have the cheetah, we have the giraffe, which is something we're working on right now, again, because of the amount of... Um, trading that's in giraffe uh, parts. No. It is around the silent extension. Oh. And unfortunately, America is the biggest importer of, of giraffe's part. Wow. Oh, it's yeah, horrible. Number What's one, the name number of the one app? In the world. It's called Shantikai Wild mm. Beauty. Excellent. And it's free. You can find it in the app store. It's gorgeous. So you go Shantikai Wild, and you have these animals, and you can just... Uh, create, you know, it's augmented reality, so you can have them walk into your room, and you can take photos with them. It's such an important point about making the thing beautiful. You know, I think people used to think about sort of corporate giving, and they'd be like, "Well, we've got this one product that you know doesn't do so well. We'll uh, yeah. donate the profits." You know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. instead, you make it your most beautiful thing. I mean, I, I remember that first butterfly palette. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, re- I remember that there was an elephant palette and it was just so pretty. I never used it. Like it, I yeah. just couldn't, <laughs> you, you couldn't know, even you're dip the first into it. Say that. Yeah. They no. are so pretty. And yeah. and that's another thing. You can support whatever you want. You can do whatever you want because you own 100% of your business. That's correct. So were that's you, correct. but before Shantikai, was this 
renowned brand, were you ever tempted to take on investors or were you always steadfast about you know, keeping control? Can I tell you something? From day one, people came to me because obviously I know a lot of people in the industry. So they came to me and said, oh, we'd like to invest with you. And I thought, not a chance, buddy. <laughs> not a chance. <laughs> and I had no money. So it really was hard to say no. But it was yeah. like, I am not sitting around for 10 hours around the freaking conference table discussing a point. I am not doing that. Wow. Yeah, so, no. <laughs> what advice would you give people who want to start their own business? Think carefully. <laughs> yeah. Think carefully because you're going to work like a dog. Yeah. <laughs> and unless you're a different type and you're just taking a lot of investors and you run for the, you know, for the exit line in two years, which some people are doing, that's a different story. And that I, don't know what to tell them because that's not my thing. But if you're serious about this business, know that you're going to work very hard. And I realize, you know, very often makeup artists do a line and then they have to sell because they didn't come in to do a business. They don't mm-hmm. know how to run a business and it's overwhelming to them. I mean, when you start having shipping problems and stores returning and, you know, all oh, these things, yeah. it's a nightmare. So you really have to be prepared to see many, many aspects of a business it's not just selling pretty things. Yeah, it's not even just thinking up a beautiful you no. know, thing that people are going to love. It's, it's yeah. you know, I It's many aspects of business. People always ask me, you know, why don't you start a beauty line? And I'm always I I've seen friends what it what it is to have a beauty business and I'm like yeah. I don't I don't that's, I don't have it in me. Yeah. I like the right things. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I think it's very very wise to realize what you can do and cannot do, yeah. you know. But I'm not saying don't do it if you really want to do it, do it. But really learn a little bit about it before you do it because yeah. it has so much, you know. And I guess for our last question, what do you see is next for Shantakai? How, what, what are your hopes for it? How do you want to evolve it? I think we're known for the quality of our product and that won't change. That's oh, one sure. thing. <laughs> and then we really love to create things that do something for the world. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my greatest joy, I don't know if you follow me on Instagram, but I was able to pay for this piece of land for these uh, indigenous uh, shaman women in Colombia. Oh, we just amazing. gave them those wow. 25 acres they wanted badly to add to, uh, no, I'm sorry, 75 acres, to add to the land and that they will have in perpetuity. Oh. And we did this just by selling lipsticks with a hummingbird on it. And wow. that is really a good thing. You know, you know that you've given to these people who are going to teach the generations about their plant, their medicine, their culture, and they're going to keep their land which will not be given for drilling or for planting. It will remain the way it is. It's a beautiful part of the Amazon. So that to me is exciting. You know, these are the things that I love to do. Good news. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, so it's, uh, it's really part of the DNA of the company. So I think this will remain, you know. I mean, at some point, I'm not going to be there because I'm getting old, kiddos, you know. So <laughs> I wouldn't joking. say that. I told my husband, you realize in 20 years I'll be older than the queen. Oh my God. <laughs> I guess so, eventually all of us. Yeah. Eventually all of us. But at some point I want to do nothing but just the environment. I think that's my number one thing in the world mm. is protecting the wild space. 
Yeah. So at some point, but it will, I think we, the company will always be very much part of the way to bring information to women so they know and they can choose. You know? The beautiful things you've made, as, but also the, the beauty that you've put out in the world by preserving these animals and these places and these people's traditions. I just, it's so, it's so inspiring. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. You know? you know, the thing is, everybody can do it. That's the thing. You know, it, and I think that's what makes people happy. I feel so good about this. And why not feel good about your, you know, know the things you're you using? Know? You would want everything no. that you use to. We're saying that. that everything you buy has an impact. You know, yeah. everything, everything you choose to do has an impact. It's, it's so, so you can as well choose to help the world, or you can choose not to care. Mm-hmm. But you, if you do care, you can buy intelligently. That helps. You know. Yeah. And I mean, there are a lot of people who do great things and you should you know, stick to these guys, you know, stick to the people. I think that it's not selfish to buy. I don't think it is. I think what's selfish is to buy something that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that's going to, you know. Just just be thrown away. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. or so it's, represents something you don't believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, if there's one thing we believe in, it's Shantakai and Sylvie Shantakai. Um, oh, I mean, so sweet of you. We so loved having you. Oh, thank yeah, you so thank much. You. I love always me. love talking love to you. At mm. least Goop is so much fun, you know. It's a good place to be. Oh, <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Definitely. We're all, we're all in it together. So thank you for, for doing this. It was so, well, so Thank good you for inviting me. Yeah, thank, thank you, you. Sylvie. And hopefully we'll see you in the in the flesh soon. That would be nice. <laughs> I'm a little sick and tired of this. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Me too. Oh, well, well, thank you so much. So that was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Wow. She is so smart. And I just, God, that to have that kind of vision and confidence and that devotion and to make something yeah to that devotion to craft i think is so incredible you know that's that taste blah, all those things but the thing i think we both responded to so much was you know the idea of having your family you know surround you and you're doing this yes. company and you're not fighting and you're oh yeah it, it was so the picture she painted was so beautiful and yeah, I've, I've seen it in action like i've been to their office. Have you? Time. Yeah. And it is truly like one is walking into the other's office. And I mean, they have other employees who aren't the family, but it's just, it's very beautiful, very French. And, you know, there's this, you know, there's a, like, it, there's a sort of a, a soft feeling of familiarity, literally, you know, but also yeah. they're, they're French. So they're, you know, they're stylish. And so it's right. It's just, you know, you're like, wow, this is, this is, this is really great. It sounds <laughs> great. But, but, but the thing I wonder is like, do you need to shift on and off a gear when you work with your family? You know, like, do you have to mm-hmm. turn off the family part and like kind of become someone else? They didn't, they don't. I mean, from what I've observed them certainly is they don't, they're, they're just themselves. And I, I, you know, we mentioned I, I Alex was my intern. Her daughter Alex, um, a jillion years ago in the beauty department at L, um, and <sighs> you know, they're you know she's raised her children certainly to be very much themselves. And as we saw in this interview, 
you know, she's, she's very much herself. And I yeah. just, I, mean, I think like literally, you know, my, my kids just both now have left home. Um, my son started school this year and uh, like the idea of, of, of seeing them every day <laughs> you know, as an adult, I would just be so happy. Oh my God. You know, and I, yeah. I don't think like, uh, I, I don't think my daughter in the Navy and my son, you know, is probably, I imagine he's going to do some kind of writing like, but yeah, not, definitely. not like I do. And, um, yeah, I, it, I, I don't think we'll be together in that way, but it makes me want to plan a lot of really great things vacation. together. Yeah. Or like yeah. Have some house that everyone can come to or. Yeah. Know. That, that would be a nice thing. Like I, I'm super close with my family, but I don't think I, I don't want to work with them. You know, <laughs> yeah, you are like you see We're so your close. mom and your brother, like, Oh my God. Before COVID, I saw my mom like four times a week, but I, don't want to work with them. <laughs> But like you even worked in the same building as your mom when she's you when we yeah. were lucky and she's at the New Yorker and like you guys would bring each other cookies and stuff. Yeah. Like, that was the sweetest <laughs> thing in the world. And like if I could have that with my kids, I would yeah. be in heaven. I, I love that. But the working, wow, that's like a special thing. Yeah, but she had that good point of like that. Well, you know, nobody's like plotting against you to like take true you <laughs> to overthrow you. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you have a really bad family dynamic or something. Yeah. To see it in action, you're just like, wow, these people are all beautiful and stylish and smart and they love each other and have this warm feeling. Yeah. So nice. I was also like, I was so struck by just like trying to imagine those early days of like, well, we decided to run away from our parents to, to New York, you know, oh. and then Dion von Furstenberg is like, why don't we, why, let's, let's do something together. Like, yeah. On Madison and, Avenue in the seventies. Yeah. Just, and they, she said we were planning it from, we were both talking on the phone on our bathtubs and I'm like, why wasn't yeah. that a show? Like, why isn't that a show now? I want to watch it. <laughs> it. It's truly so glamorous and her accent and her Frenchness. Oh yeah. You know, she always, she has such good style in everything. I mean, they always, they, all of them do the whole family does, as I just mentioned. <laughs> but like how, how much of that is, is being French? Like, I really do think there's something, I mean, what she said, right. It's like in France, there's like this discretion to, to look good, but do it in a discreet way. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. that really does transfer to. It, it, it to, does. There's, I mean, when she was talking about uh, the devotion to craft, you know, in in mm -hmm. Japan and how it resonated with her, you know, I think of having gone like I, I once got to go to the um, the Hermes factory and they were, oh, really? you know, there were all these people sewing together saddles for some incredible party that some, you know, fabulous person was throwing, <laughs> you know, and there were, there were these leather books of the specifications of their clients that literally went back, you know, a hundred years. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I also once got to go, um, to the couture, um, sort of, I guess it's, yeah, you call it a factory. It's a, a big, beautiful area, um, uh, in the top of the Chanel, uh, building in Paris and, um, these women oh, wow. and men working on, you know, just sewing these things for a particular person, you know, you, they had, they had these forms and, you know, one said like, Madame, so-and-so, you know, right. And, um, and many of them were very famous. Uh, and it was, you know, just that the person's making something so carefully with the best materials for this particular person. And, you know, that idea of, she touched on it, just 
wanting to have the best people working with you to make the best thing, you know, do your yeah. absolute best. Yeah. It's, it's such a, um, yeah, it is, it's rare. You know, it we, is rare. You know, in, in the U S we tend to prize scale over. Right. Everything Swinging else. things together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, get it out there, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And there is something about like, I have been doing this my whole life. And I mean, even she, like she very is very modest about, you know, her, the, the way she's formulated things. She knows so much, you know, having all that knowledge over a lifetime uh, in, enables you to create things that just people can't create otherwise. Yeah. And, and you can tell in, in one second of holding one of her things, you oh. know, it's like, yeah, you put it like, it feels her, different. Her foundation stick. I mean, you know, it's just like this just incredible texture that you want on your skin. And it just makes you feel not only that your skin looks good, but that it's sort of feeding your skin with uh -huh. you know, all the plant stuff. I mean, it's just, it's so pretty. Like you were saying about the compacts being so beautiful, you know, the, all the things she did, she does with animals. I agree. I never want to use them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to look at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's such a good, um, it's such a good entry into, like she was saying how making something beautiful sort of gets people's attention mm. and gets their attention, uh, toward a cause, which in her case is animals. Yeah. And it's so true. It's like, draw them in with beauty because everyone likes beauty and responds to it. Yeah. It's, it is easy to forget that something beautiful, you know, we think, oh, you know, it sits in a museum or it, you know, that it doesn't actually motivate us, but it's, it's the biggest motivator there is. It is. Yeah. Maybe everyone wants a piece of beauty. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's just intriguing and you're just, you're attracted. Yeah. She was, she was so good. She was really something. <sighs> So on this site, I do a column called Megan Tries It, and you do one called Ask Jean, and we get a whole bunch of beauty questions. And we're going to answer them all right now, right here. So should we get into today's Ask Me Anything? Yes. And if anyone listening has a question they want us to answer, send it over to Goop on Instagram or Facebook. Okay. Question from Emma. How do I transition my skincare routine going into late 20s, early 30s? Okay. So Emma, the thing I would say, which I say to a lot of people at Goop when they ask me this question, because it's a common age person at Goop, is keep loving your skin. You know, you in your late 20s, early 30s, think that you're getting into your aging years. You will be looking back and you will be saying, boy, was I attractive. <laughs> So true. My skin was amazing. The most important thing is sort of not even your skin routine. It is loving your skin and appreciating it because you've got it for right now. And it is going to change to some degree and your skin will still be beautiful. Um, but you're going to look back at pictures of yourself and be like, Jesus, what, what was I thinking? Yeah, I thought totally I was agree. <laughs> <laughs> And I think the one thing that, you know, a lot of people as they transition, from 20s to 30s get a little drier. Um, that's the only, you know, sort of thing I might say um, would be changing. And you could, you know, you can moisturize, certainly like our Goop Jeans moisturizer. The face cream is just, you know, a superpower. It's got everything in it. I also would say vitamin C is great. You know, if you haven't tried it, anybody, any age, transitioning to any age should try vitamin C. Um, Vintner's Daughter, a lot of our readers talk about how like, you know, what if whether they're needing moisture or they're feeling still breakout prone, 
they like it. So it can be a good transition product too. For sure. Yeah. And I, I also think, um, it's hard to do for all of us, but you just can't fixate on your flaws, on the things that you, that you see as flaws on your face. Like Mm -hmm. I, you know, I break out and it's just like, but there's really some really nice skin in between the breakouts. (laughs) So you kind of have to like, like notice that. And it, it really does make a difference. And you are your biggest critic by far. And, you know, people aren't seeing what you're seeing. So I would say that. And then, and then also just, um, yeah, I, I think exfoliating is so great for, for all slash, you know, most skin types. Something like the microderm, which is so glow boosting and nice and, you know, powerful but gentle. Doing that a couple times a week if your skin can handle it. Or, you know, a once a week peel pad is like ultra effective. I love using sulfur. I love that gold fatten mask that has, you know, it's made out of sulfur. But yeah, exfoliating. Super good. Here's a question. Most underrated beauty trick that we should be doing from Jordan. I think the quintessential goop beauty tip that like, you know, works back when we all went to the office, um, (laughs) we'd all be like, oh, why do you look so good? And it's this one trick that everybody does, which is taking your lip color and using it as cheek color or vice versa so that you so that your lips and your cheeks are just kind of like dabbed on and they're the same color. It sounds definitely kind of, it kind of sounds matchy. Like you'd be like some fifties lady, but it's totally the opposite. It like makes you look pulled together. Like I can't tell you how many times I'll do it and I'll say, and people will say, Oh, did you get your makeup done? Um, I mean, I've literally said that to you. It's crazy. I said it to you over zoom the other day, even like it (laughs) it was through zoom. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember people in the office doing it and I'd be like, Oh my God, did you get your makeup done? They're like, no, I did your trick. Um, (laughs) it's remarkable. Super like OG goop trip trick. I love to do it with Kosas rose water lipstick. It's just for me, it's like the best color. It totally like, I just dab it on my lips. It's kind of my lip color, but a little more zhuzh. And then I dab a little on my cheeks. I just take a little with my finger off my lips and stick it on my cheeks real fast. And the other one I love is Olio A. Also. Um, they have a color yeah. called French Melon that looks in the tube. It looks super like hot pink, but it's actually, it's so translucent that it, it, it looks very natural on skin. It just wakes up your face. Either of those. And I know you have your favorite, Megan. I do. GP likes the melon from Elia, right? Or she used she, to. Yeah. She likes, she likes all the melon. Like she yeah. was, she gets that, you know, there's like a set with like three colors. Mm-hmm. She uses all of them and switches. It yeah. Up. Those are so good. My favorite is the Bombyard in um, the Black Roses tint. Mm. It's like this like super subtle, sheer, sexy lip stain. It's like it looks blackberry and it looks super dark in the pot. But then you put it on and it's it's sort of like a next to nothing but natural perfect flat. tint. So natural and so pretty. I literally just put it all over my face, like my lips, <laughs> my cheeks. I put it on my eyelids. And I do it even now working from home. It's like the one thing I do. Me when too. I like feel disgusting and I'm like, I can't just sit here again. You know? Yeah. I'm like, okay, people are gonna think I'm just I'm Slob. just giving it up. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I do that and I feel like, oh yeah, they think I look great. Yeah. <laughs> it really just boosts your mood too. It's so pretty. And it's so easy and not makeup-y, which I love. Yeah. I have my, I literally have a rose water, like right next to my computer for when I'm doing like a zoom. 
Yeah, I'm looking at my bomb yard right here. (laughs) Thanks again for joining us on The Beauty Closet. You can learn more about our new podcast series at goop.com slash beautyclosetpodcast. We hope you'll come back next Wednesday for our next chat. And in the meantime, just tap subscribe to keep up with new episodes. If you're liking what you're hearing, please rate and review the podcast. It really helps. And share with a friend. Talk soon.